Okay, Bart, before we get started, uh, Roger's out tonight, but we have Peyton with us, works with him, and uh, she will go through the uh, protocols before we start tonight's meeting. Well, hello. Hi. Good to meet you. Hi, good to meet you too. So, uh, welcome to the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board meeting. I'm Peyton Williams. I'm here with Derek Rogers. I have a few housekeeping items for the Zoom meeting tonight. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon located in the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu. This is also where you can turn on your camera, on and off. For purposes of this meeting, please keep your video on during the meeting. Please remember to state your name and title each time you speak for the benefit of those participating remotely. And with that, I will turn the meeting back over to Chair Bart Littlejohn. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for coming and showing up. I'd like to go ahead and call this meeting in order. Uh, and I'd like to go ahead and get us started right away. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, please. Uh, gotcha. Thank you. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, please go ahead and try to review the uh, minutes from the last meeting. Um, I will let you know, uh, Derek, I... I went ahead and tried to pull them up as well. I don't know if anybody else had any trouble, but it asked for a password. Okay, I have not heard that till now, so I'll take a look at that. Wow. To review the uh, the minutes in a PDF or HTML? Uh, either one, I think. Okay. Maybe we can move on to a different um, item and then come back to the minutes. Sure. Sounds good, John. I have no problem with that. Um, and uh, looks like our next is a uh, public comment. Uh, Derek and Peyton, did we have anybody uh, that wanted to, that offered to have any public comment, any general public comment? Nothing that I am aware of. Okay. All right. Well, this might be a quick meeting. Okay, cool. Uh, which, by the way, Bart Littlejohn chair. And uh, uh, moving us on to agenda items, then. Um, first item, a lot has happened in the last month. Um, so I probably shouldn't be leading this one off. So Derek, did you want to drive this one? I can definitely drive this. Um, and I will start off by saying congratulations, Bard, on your uh, on your uh, election win as a city commissioner. I think that's outstanding. And you know, from Parks and Recreation, selfishly, I think that's wonderful. We have a, a chairman of our board going to be a city commissioner. And congratulations from our department. I, I know we're excited for you. And I'll turn over the back the Jackie and let uh, the board uh, comment. Uh, Jackie Becker, vice chair. I just would also like to express my congratulations, Bart. And uh, 
anyone else has anything else to comment on, of course, please do. In regards to our new Sydney commissioner. This is Val, a Renault board member. We'll miss you, Bart, but you go on to do good things. So, and you clearly will take this perspective. This is Pat Phillips, board member, and um, I too will miss uh, your presence, Bart. Your humor is rich. Um, um, as I mentioned before to you, good luck with the length of meetings. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has been a pleasure, and you've been a wonderful leader, and I appreciate your continued uh, service to our community. Bart, this is John Nalbandian. I want to add my congratulations and and let me know if there's uh, if I can uh, assist you in any way. Uh, hi, this is Marilyn Hull. Uh, Bart, you ran a great campaign, so congrats on that. And um, we're, I think I'm as excited as everybody else to have somebody on the city commission who has a little bit more deeper understanding of Parks and Rec. So thanks for running, thanks for winning. Yep, ditto to what everybody said. Congrats, Bart. Bart, John Blasek from the committee. Hey, congrats, buddy. Told everybody all about you, even that was good stuff. You'll, you'll be good on that committee, you think so well. I'm glad to have you there. Well, uh, thank you guys. It's always a little bit weird uh, just hearing about yourself, at least it is for me. Um, I, I really appreciate you guys. And uh, you guys have taught me a lot um, since I've been on this committee and or this advisory board. And uh, I've tried to take everything to, to heart. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to go ahead and apply that to the city commission. Um, I've always told everybody that I work with one of the best boards I've ever work with in my life. Uh, I love that we're all different. We all try hard and we all want to do the best for this city. So, um, and uh, it's, it's just remarkable that, uh, that, you know, Parks and Rec was able to get this great group of people together to go ahead and do great things. So um, I really appreciate all of you and I appreciate your comments and sentiments and uh, I'm going to try my best. So. Derek, do we have anything else or? Um, I was logging in the iCompass and I'll have the minutes up. Um, I'll start off. Or Mark, can you pull up an iCompass and get to the minutes while I will uh, start on the first two items? Um, first off, I want to let everybody know that uh, we did hire an assistant director for recreation. Um, we're excited to let everybody know that Lindsay Hart um, we'll be starting with us October 22nd will be our first day. A little bit about Lindsay. She's got 17 years of experience. She has worked in Leewood, Lenexa, and Olathe. She has also done a lot with aquatics and special events. She was a recreation superintendent at uh, Lenexa, and she was a rec program manager when she was at um, Olathe. Lindsay's a member of the KRPA and NRPA. She received her bachelor's degree from K-State. Can't have everything. Uh, she's also graduated many training programs, and some of these include 
the Leadership Intensive Program, Tomorrow's Leadership Institute, Revenue and Development Management School, all through KRPA, as well as the leadership of Lenexa. Her passion for public service and experience skills would be a great addition to the department. She's an excellent communicator, and I'm really looking forward to having her as part of our team, and I know our staff is too, so can't wait. Mark, were you able to get there yet? Uh, actually, I can't. Just before we came on, my one of my monitors shut off, so I'm I'm running half speed here. Okay, let me see. Derek Bell Renault, just question. You said she started October twenty second. I'm sorry, November twenty second. November. Okay, oh. that's. <laughs> Yeah, it's not liking me on the login. Um, I can have Roger send that out or if I can get in there later, I'll see if I can't get in the iCompass. Not quite sure why I can't. The, uh, any questions about Lindsay or um, comments? And if not, I'll move on to the, uh, this third item, which is the Winter Emergency Shelter Program. Um, if you've been following in the, uh, the news or the city commission, um, we started the program November 1st. It was the first night where the general world's temperatures dropped below 35 degrees. Um, first night, we didn't have any takers. We did have plenty of staff. We were well equipped to use the uh, community building gym floor. I'm um, impressed by the supplies and the planning that's gone into this. The second night was say commission night, another night that was cooler. I think we had two or three people that did spend the night that night. Uh, and I believe the second night or the third night we did have a couple and then the temperatures warmed back up. Looking at the weather, I don't think we'll see a dip until maybe Thursday night, uh, November 11th. And then it's, so far we've had a pretty mild uh, November, which is good. Um, we have volunteers ready to go. We have staff ready to go. The city commission altered the ordinance, I believe, to allow instead of 40 people in a square footage over 3,000 square feet to allow for 75. That allows for 113 square feet per person on a gym floor. I believe they start opening the doors around 7.30, 7.45 for the public. They'd like to come and use it. They have a, uh, uh, a mat for them, uh, blankets, pillow, uh, some simple stuff. Lights go out at 10 p.m. Um, the individuals will get up at 6 a.m. and then they'll be uh, moving on at 7 a.m. Um, yeah, just looking back at Camp Woody, I think a lot would be heading to breakfast over at Jubilee Cafe or other places. If it's still cold during the day when we get into the middle of winter, they're Anybody to include the homeless are welcome in any of our rec centers to warm up and they need to get out of the cold. What questions does the board have or comments uh, about the winter emergency shelter that I may have missed? This is Marilyn Hull, board member. Derek, um, are the volunteers getting any sort of training? Um, I've volunteered at a couple of shelters like this in the past. And um, unfortunately, once in a while, um, 
There's a person who's agitated, bordering on violent. And I'm wondering, and at the, when that happened to me, I felt extremely ill-equipped to de-escalate that situation. So I'm wondering if, you know, what supports are in place if um, one or more of the guests um, are having a difficult night? Great question. Uh, Derek Rogers, Lawrence Parks Recreation. Staff will get um, de-escalation training through Bert Nash. We have also offered the training up to everybody in Parks and Recreation. It, it's a great tool to have in your toolkit, whether you're just day-to-day -day business, working at a pool, at a rec center, something always happens and it, it's uh, good training. We also have, um, besides the volunteers, we have um, some of our staff that will be available and we have uh, mil-spec security just out and about around the facilities. Um, the sign-up program, if you signed up for the program, you should have a space for the duration of the program. So if you signed up and you're in there, the next night you come back, you've always got a place in line, you don't have to wait in line, am I gonna get in or not get in? And then there'll be a number assigned to your mat, your blanket, your pillow, so you're always using the same one. Um, but let's say you have an individual in the middle of the night that um, has some kind of, um, disturbance or episode that does require them to be um, to leave the building if, if that's what the case can be if they can't settle down or they can't um, get whatever issues under control <clears throat> then once they're out of the building um, they may go to the back of the line for the sign up to get back in so there is a a reason to be on good behavior um, instead of, well, you'll just let me back in tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, I, I plan on being there for a few nights because I just want to see how, you know, when if something happens and somebody can't sleep in the middle of the night and they're keeping everybody awake and everybody's ready to vote somebody off the island because they snore or whatever the issue is, how does staff and the volunteers deal with that? So uh, our goal is to make it successful in any way we can, so... Bart Little John, Chair, Parks and Rec. Uh, I'm just wondering, would uh, some of the lessons learned from Camp Woody last year be applicable to uh, what uh, the winter, what we're going to do with the winter shelter? Um, I, I would hope so. I mean, uh, that, that that could prove as a testing ground, and hopefully we can go ahead and accelerate our learning curve on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, Derek Rogers, Lawrence Parks Recreation. Uh, Mitch Young, who set up the initial camp of Camp Woody over at Woody Park and Stephen Mason. Uh, Stephen hired um, the staff who helped run that. And then we have uh, another one of the staff that uh, works for us as a, a part-time individual is coming back that also work Camp Woody. So they have a lot of experience with that and the knowledge and what worked well and what can be uh, applicable to this situation. This is Pat Phillips, board member. Um, Derek, when you talk about staff, you're, you're referring to recreation staff. Is that correct? Park and recreation. Mitch is a, uh, a park supervisor, um, and Stephen Mason is the facility uh, programmer at um, East Lawrence uh, Center, 
and who also stepped up last year. And even though he was scheduling the uh, the employees at Camp Woody, he spent a lot of nights there uh, when sh- people didn't show up for the shift or they needed to be off. And you talked about the training, which I think is real important for all staff to have as far as de-escalating. That can happen in, in the daytime with kids, you know, playing basketball. Um, but I was curious, the, the staff that is going to be doing the overnights, was this something that they volunteered to do or, is, you know, because it's obviously extended out of the job description? Great question, Derek Rogers, Florence Parks and Recreation. The ones that are really leaning forward are the ones that uh, wanted to do this. Nobody is being forced to, hey, guess what? You got to do this. Uh, they want to do it. They, you know, they, they see themselves as part of the community and this is part of community building. And, and um, I see it as it's greater than the role of just a job. This is their role as a city employee, a Parks and Rec employee. Yeah, well, I commend them on that. Thank you. Uh, Val Renault, Parks Parks and Rec Advisory Board. I, I don't want to uh, make you get too much into the details, but will the community building fill up first, and then the next step will be go- to go to East Lawrence? Director Rogers, Director of Parks Recreation. That's that's the plan. So we could we could bed down seventy five people on a cold night. Um, unlike the hotel programs that we did last year. Uh, this is, I really need to get out of the cold. And I think if you're willing to say, I'm willing to lay on a mat with a blanket on a gym floor, you really need to get out of the cold. Otherwise, you're going to go, you know, I think I stayed at a friend's house the other night and surfed the couch. I think I'll go do that again. It's a lot more comfortable. I don't have to go to bed at 10 p.m. and I'm not going to get woken up at 6 a.m. So it, it's a no frills Let's save life, limbs, fingers, and uh, have some compassion. One, one of the things that was nice about Camp Woody was that people got to bring their dogs. I, so I, I know we can't address everything. But, um, well, <laughs> during the director of Parks and Recreation, we have kennels that we have arranged that if they do come up, good. Uh, we know that some do. And, good. All right. Do we have any uh, further questions for Derek on the winter emergency shelter? Uh, not seeing any. Just a, a real broad comment. I've got to commend the whole department. The park side did a lot with making sure that we had smoke alarms in there. They looked at exits. They looked at how we secure things, how we clean things. It, it's not just... Um, scheduling some folks and getting volunteers in there. It is a whole department team effort. There's so many pieces of it. Um, we're great at managing facilities and programs. So there's some of the stuff we excel at, but I, I must content or commend the whole department for, for pulling together to, to make this plan work. And uh, to sum it up, I would as well. I think the board feels the same way and uh, you guys go above and beyond and, you know, what the job calls for to go ahead and 
provide for this community. So uh, I know I, I speak for the board when I say we all commend you guys. Uh, all right. So moving on to the next agenda item, I believe uh, it is the Belgian, I'm sorry, Belgian Waffle Race Review. Right, Derek? Yes, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, just raise a hand. How many people happen to come out over the Friday, Saturday, Sunday of October 31st, go downtown and see everything going on? Um, very impressive. And like a lot of these weekends, this last weekend too, it is so exciting to see so many people out and about all around the city and, and downtown. And I'm really hoping our tax dollars are rolling in to, to help us out as a community. For And we did an after... Uh, a hot wash after actions uh, discussion with the multiple agencies uh, about this event. This was talking with city staff, the largest event they can recall um, coordinating for downtown. And so this was big. Uh, from our staff perspective, I think it was well thought out. Um, and not to say it didn't go off without issues. There's things that we can do better, um, but there weren't any injuries. Um, I didn't have one complaint from any city store owner. Sometimes when you do events downtown, it could be just a, a few hour parade and, you know, I'll, I'll hear from store owners downtown. Um, the, the group that promoted the Belgian Waffle Race, and they only hold it, I think, in four places across the country. And they had, I believe, around 800 people that came to participate from uh, around the region and country. I, I think I was talking to Jackie and she said she met a couple of them or three of them from out of town or somebody did. They're from out of state, um, fairly far away. Um, but one of the things that the organizers did was I think believe they spent 10 to $12,000 in gift cards that could only be used in downtown Lawrence by participants. That's huge, that's fantastic. Um, Kim Onspach at Explore Lawrence is supposed to give me an update on the economic numbers from how many hotel rooms were rented that weekend and some other facts. I, I need to do a, a mini summary of all this. What are some of the things we could have done better? Um, Detour signs farther out. If you're coming from, from East Lawrence or South of Lawrence, um, it was really difficult if you're trying to go to North Lawrence around noon. Um, around City Hall was was blocked and detoured, and I believe the streets were closed at eight, so you had to go down around the ninth to get on uh, Kentucky. The lights could have been synchronized, either flashing orange or uh, timed differently. Um, I heard some complaints about waiting, so we talked about things we can do better next year. Um, so. Overall, though, I, I think, in, as I say, we think that it was a, a very successful uh, a weekend, a great event. We're, we're excited to have these events going. Uh, Kansas Half Marathon's coming up November 14th, uh, getting close to that one. With that, I'll open up for any questions anybody might have about uh, that event. This is Amber Nickel, board member, and I just wanted to comment. Um, Marilyn and I were down there on Saturday as uh, flat board members, and I was pretty much there the, all day Saturday, and it was so much fun 
tons of people from California, tons of people from Utah and all over. Um, I talked to Kim on Spock also, and she was saying she was so surprised that she hadn't really seen a big bump on the hotel rooms. And a lot of people used Airbnb, but I was like, look around, Kim, they're all in camper vans. So I think something we might want to consider as, you know, Parks and Rec even or as a city is maybe finding a place that we can designate like van village for everybody that's camping that would provide, you know, porta potties or some resources and, and help them so they're not just parked all over downtown and random spots and maybe make it, you know, like a fun zone. So, but I was very excited about the event and I saw a ton of my old friends from all over the place that rode in it. And it was just a lot of fun. And then they ended up playing Ghostbusters on the movie screen down there afterwards on Saturday night that I wish was a little more well promoted because that would have been fun. I didn't know they were going to do that. So if if I would have, I would have sat downtown and watched Ghostbusters, but it was great. Very cool. Thank you. Um, it, there was three races that day. The first one that went out on Sunday at uh, 730, it was a 110 mile race. Second one was women's at 740. That might've been the 80 mile race. I'm not sure. And then there was another group that went out more of a fun run race or a fun ride race. I think it was 36 miles. So a lot of miles. No. Sorry, I'm trying to unmute. Um, so have they committed to come again next year? Uh, Derek Rogers, Lawrence Parks Recreation. I, I've just been in conversations with uh, Mike Logan downtown and I can't remember if it was Joe Smalls or Dan Hughes. Um, but I mentioned to him and it sounded like they want to come back. And it was like, well, call this one the first annual and start the prep people and try to get them back. Um, Lawrence has a lot to offer um, and I, I think that is one of the reasons that we were chosen out of all the locations across the country they could have gone to in the Midwest so I hope they come back I Amber Nickel board member I'd like to add I think something that was really a lot of fun being in that um, in our information booth was a lot of people that traveled with the racers were looking for easy ways to go on a bike ride. And so the loop was a very popular discussion about how they could hop on and, and get all around the city. So that's a great amenity for them to consider when returning for this race. Jackie Becker, vice chair. Uh, curious if it does come back again, will it be the same time frame around Halloween or no? Eric Rogers Parks and Recreation, I, I don't know. Um, I did like the Halloween time frame from, I think they're going to close down part of Massachusetts Street for a long stretch of time. One, I like to be in on Sunday. Uh, I don't know. I know for downtown, I believe some of it was COVID and the candy, but I know the public was wanting the trick or treat downtown. And I think that had been impacted either by the bike race or the COVID or both. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Halloween's a Monday next year, so I don't think the Halloween trick-or-treaters, hopefully they won't cross and we can make both happen and get, you know, downtown Lawrence super active in our community, having lots of people visiting if we're able to have it happen again next year. Uh, this is Marilyn Hull board member. Was it, was it very well promoted in the community? 
I mean, I kind of had heard about it um, through my connections with trails, but I didn't see a lot on social media. Maybe there was a lot out there, but I think if they're going to come back, it'd be great to get an earlier start on promoting it within the community so that, you know, for spectators and other people that might want to do the fun ride, um, I think that the turnout could be even better. Yeah, Derek Rogers, director of Parks and Rec. I agree. Um, there was some things out on social media, um, but you know, one of the things I was trying to find was the routes, and I didn't get the routes until I think Sunday morning that I finally saw the the bike routes they were going to take. Um, from a city staff perspective, uh, I think that's one area we could do a better job of promoting what impacts the closures of the right of way will have to the general public. For example, if you're driving from North Lawrence to South Lawrence at 10 a.m. to go to Walmart, we should have had some kind of signage saying, hey, look, when you come back, you're probably going to run some traffic. You might rethink how you come home. So that's you might have gone to the West Lawrence or the, uh, yeah, the West Lawrence Turnpike exit and say, I'm just going to take the turnpike back, not deal with the crowd. But I, I agree. I think a better promotion marketing uh, would have helped. Part Little John Chair, Parks and Rec. I, I thank you for mentioning that, Marilyn. I, I didn't really, I, I just thought it might have been me. I didn't really hear too much about it. And uh, I think just in general, just for traffic management, that uh, people would appreciate it. Um, you know, just having that little bit of a, an extra warning. Does anybody else uh, have any questions regarding the Belgian waffle race? All right. I'm not seeing any. All right. Well, thank you guys for helping put on a great event. Hopefully we'll get them back next year and uh, it'll be even bigger and better. So. Um, all right. I'll, um, do we have uh, the, the minutes available so that the board could review them if, if possible? If we can bring back uh, agenda item B. Derek Rush, Director of Parks and Rec. Let me try to sign in for my uh, computer in my office. I am not hitting my login on iCompass from this computer. So let me try real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and if it takes a while, don't worry about it. I don't want to hold this up. I can keep us moving and maybe revisit it at the end. So. Mark could go with uh, updates. Let me go see real quick. Okay. Um, actually, uh, yes. Let's just go ahead. We're going to skip around a little bit. We're going to do F uh, with staff update. And Mark, I guess it's your show. Go ahead. All right. Mark Hecker, Assistant Director of Parks and Rec. Just updating you on a few things. The holiday lights are going up rather rapidly. We just finished mass today. So our target date is to turn those on the, the day right after Thanksgiving. So I think the Rescue Santa is going to be back this year. I think Weavers is going to take that on as an event through their sponsorship. So that's going to kind of be nice to get that tradition back a little bit. And I'm not sure we'll have all the same singing and whatnot downtown as a gathering on 9th Street, but uh, we're working with downtown Lawrence to define what they want to do down there. 
But our part of it is get the lights up and get the lights turned on and as they count them down. So kind of excited to get that going. So staff have been doing a great job. They've probably been on this about two weeks now. We probably have about another week left to kind of touch up some of the fringe areas like South Park. Um, another holiday light thing that's new this year, we're actually working with Sertoma Club to do a light of, drive-through light event out at the YC complex. So they're doing this as a fundraiser, uh, a fundraiser for their club, but we're also doing a fundraiser for our Week Folks Scholarship Fund. So we're going to do a little bit of a split revenue thing. So hoping that's a good event. We haven't had it, you know, where you can have a drive-through type of activity, but they're excited about it and they're putting quite a few dollars towards it. So it'll be interesting to see how that starts and grows. So new things. Uh, a couple other uh, CIP project type things. If you haven't been by Broken Arrow Park, the playground over there is completed now. So that's quite an upgrade from where we were before. We'll be short term tearing out the, the old playground and kind of getting that out of there. But uh, kind of excited about getting that playground where the kids can get on that. And then something that, you know, sometimes is exciting, not really. Dad Perry Park, we have all new pavement on all the parking lots. So if you've been by Dad Perry in recent history, you'll notice how bad those parking lots were. So that was a nice, almost $140,000 upgrade of pavement. It's kind of expensive, but kind of necessary. A couple of other things, the spray park, we're still in process. So we had to go in for some uh, floodplain variances. So that's gonna be, I think, uh, planning commission this month, city commission next month to approve those variances. So that's what's delaying that project, but we're still hoping to get construction going early spring and be ready for next summer on that. Um, what else? I think that's about it. The Holcomb shade structures. So we're supposed to put shade structures on the ball diamonds at Holcomb on the bleachers. Uh, that one's been delayed due to supply chain issues with the steel that makes the shade structures. So we were hoping that would be done this year. I think that's going to be a spring project also. Then we're also working on the Eagle Bend golf course pump station for the irrigation. So I don't know if I reported this year, we had a, a, about a month period where we had no irrigation capability out there. So we had a CIP project going to replace that. So we're going to try to push that forward this winter and hopefully have it replaced by spring. So we don't have that issue again. Any questions on any park stuff or rec stuff? Jackie Becker, vice chair, just a couple of small questions. Will the lights be up through Valentine's day downtown? How long will they be up? And then for the, Event audit YSC, is that for the whole season or is it just a weekend or can you expand on both of those a little bit? Yeah, the downtown lights, that's been our history is we'll go to Valentine's Day on the downtown lights. So we'll probably keep that going. And uh, the Sertoma one, I need to check on the end. I think it was just after the first of the year they were going to run it for, you know, just the month of December, basically. I'll have to get the end date on that because I'm not real sure what they had exactly planned. but. They're looking for a full month of just everybody stopping by and seeing the lights out there. So, Bart Little John, Chair, Parks and Rec. Uh, uh, regarding the the uh, Saratoma uh, joint project with Parks and Rec, I think that's a great idea. I've seen something similar uh, just with the Arboretum down in Johnson County. Mm -hmm. And since it's so close to the Arboretum out there anyway, I can 
potentially see that growing, you know, having, because that trail like connects them so that people can kind of wander through and see the lights that way as well. Yeah, Mark Hecker, assistant director. Yeah, we when we started talking with them about it, we were trying to figure out places where you could basically have a controlled access point, drive through and exit. So, yeah, we talked about Broken Arrow Park, but it was a little too close to the neighborhood. So we, I think this will be a good spot. I don't, I don't know if any of you have been over to Lake Shawnee and Topeka. They have their campground set up this way to drive through lights. And yeah, there's a couple in Kansas City also. So. I think it's going to be a, an interesting event that could really grow into something big. I don't know, board member. Um, you said it's a fundraiser for the scholarship fund. So will people pay when they enter or it's just a donation some other time? Yeah, there's, there's going to be a fee to enter to drive through. I don't know if they're, they're targeting as a recommended donation or actually a, a fee to drive through, but yeah, that, so it's a dual fundraiser. So the Stoma Club has has some initiatives they work on. And then we said, well, hey, for, for placing it in our park, let's put some of that money towards our WeFolk scholarship funds. So, and they were agreeable to that. So it's a little bit of a partnership. All right. Does anybody else have any further questions for that part of the staff update? Not seeing any. Uh, all right, uh, either Derek or Mark, could you go into the follow-up items? Derek, I can't pull up the agenda, so it's all. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. La Yarda is the uh, the next on the schedule. I don't know if you want to kick that off or the uh, the subcommittee that went out and looked at the property. Go ahead, Marilyn. Yeah, uh, Marilyn Hall, um, board member. So a subcommittee made up of Val Renault, um, Jackie Becker, and myself um, went out to the Layarda site. Mark Hecker was there, I think Pat Hennessy. I don't know if any other staff were there. And then there were several people um, either who had been Layarda residents or were descendants of residents or were members of the St. John's Church Fiesta Committee. Um, so it was, a, it was a great group of people, probably a, like a dozen people. Um, and we went and visited the site and it was extremely interesting for several reasons. One, we had two of the um, former residents of Liarda there with us, including an 89 year old man who walked with a cane, but came and told a lot of stories. And um, also Pedro Romero, who um, has been, prominent in this was there and they did a really great job of help, helping us understand the site itself and the significance of it. Also interesting was that there was a fairly large homeless encampment um, right, right there in that area. Um, I don't know for sure how many inhabitants are actually living there right now 
but it looks like it has been a, a homeless campsite for a long time. And there are um, lots of sort of temporary walls and other signs of human habitation uh, there. And, and so that was kind of challenging to see. Um, we, after the um, visit to Liarda, um, the subcommittee uh, got together by Zoom and we talked over what we thought and we came up with some points to share with you. Um, and I'm going to just read those now and then we can answer questions or Val or Jackie can also chime in. Um, the first point that we wanted to share with you is that the Liarda story is important, not only for our present Mexican-American residents, but for the larger community. And the city should be as, try to be as supportive as possible of finding a way to recognize this history and make it accessible to the public. Point two, so having said that, point one, the site of the original La Yarda is problematic for several reasons. Um, the city doesn't own the property, the BNSF railroad does, uh, and the railroad would charge significant lease payments if we were to use the, that site. Um, the location is bound on three sides by other um, facilities, the water plant, the train tra tracks, and the concrete plant. So one of the things we had sort of talked about is could, could this be a possible park site for parks and recreation? And, and based on the fact that it's hemmed in on three sides, um, it did not seem like an attractive acquisition as a new park site. And as I mentioned, there's a large homeless encampment at the site and several similar encampments in that vicinity. Um, displacing the current residents when they don't have a better housing options would be difficult. So we saw that as a major challenge. In terms of a recommendation that we would like to throw out for you guys to discuss, um, we suggest that the city engage the interested parties as well as other Mexican American others in the Mexican-American community in a conversation about a way to recognize the significant history of La Yarda without taking ownership of the original site itself. We should give the community members who identify with this site the opportunity to determine what options might be appropriate and desirable. Um, and one idea that we just came up with would be to establish a Lawrence Loop trailside shelter slash historic display um, in the vicinity on the northwest corner of 8th and Delaware. Um, Val and, J and Jackie, do you guys want to add anything? I think, oh, go, go first, Val. No, I was just going to say, I think you covered it very well. Yeah. And um, the other thing that we talked about uh, with Mark was it, in terms of making it a park, that it's it's a very odd in place. You'd have to have a reason to go there. And we talked about the possibility of it being a dog park, which I think people do make a destination. But 
um, again, it's it's uh, back to the back to the problems Marilyn mentioned about the community that's already there and the trees that have grown up and um, and whether having dogs poop in a historic site is, is the right way to honor it. So, but it was very interesting, as Marilyn said. Jackie Becker, uh, just to add to that, um, yeah, I, I, I think there could be some ideas, but I think the most important thing is that we engage the Mexican-American community in Lawrence. We engage in, and allow for a conversation with the, the people who have lived there and the families that are connected to it to, to see, you know, understanding the limitations of the space. Where, where, what, would, what would work best for them? And I think listen to what they have to say, and then I think we can engage more. I, I do also think the trail idea is interesting and that's, you know, we've seen on our trail, there's already historical markers. So I think we could continue. I think that's something that in terms of Lawrence Parks and Rec could certainly hopefully look at and potentially make happen if that is what is in the best interest of what the community uh, would like to see happen. Pat Phelps, board member, um, thank you for the work that you all did um, and the ideas you came up with. Um, I was going to try to get to that site that day that had worked, so I rode my bike there. And as I'm going in, I'm I'm feeling that same sense, like, you know, this is a really strange location, you know, to create a park here. Um, and then also when I, it was visibly um evident that people have been living there I thought that that's going to be a barrier as well but the need to acknowledge this history is really important and I also um, agree with you that having members of um, that community um, a part of that decision is so important so thank thank you for your work this is Val Renault and there's a um, the movie link is going to be available next week, I think. Um, so at least that's something that we can make available to the whole board so everyone can watch watch the film, which I haven't seen yet either, um, and take in more information. This is Marilyn Hull. Um, there's gonna be a virtual screening of the video. It's about 15 minutes long. It, I think it's called, um, searching for Layarda or some such name. And it's really very well done. The, um, the documentary filmmakers interviewed a number of people who had lived there. Um, and, uh, and I went to a screening at the public library after which they had a Q&A and there was a really robust discussion um, among the audience members um, with kind of indicating a, a lot of community interest in this. This was, I went to the third showing and there were probably, I don't know, John Nelbandi and you were there too, maybe 75 people there. Um, and so I, this seems to be something that a number of people are interested in. It's not just the few, you know, who are the surviving members. But anyway, so on November 18th at 7 p.m., there's going to be a virtual screening. So if anybody's available at that time and wants to um, watch it, um, Derek, maybe 
um, Roger could could send out a link or I know he he's done a little correspondence with the board about that. If we could make it easily available to board members to watch at that time, that'd be great. Hey, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Say the time and date one more time so I can coordinate with Roger. Right, you're, you're muted now. I was last. Oh. <laughs> you're muted, Marilyn. Well, I, it's also going to be available for a week, she said. Yeah, that's right. Um, 7 p.m. on November 18th, virtual screening, and then it's supposed to be available for a week after that. They're kind of controlling the distribution of this video because I think they have it entered in some film festivals and stuff, so they're not interested in just putting out a public link on YouTube, at least yet. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. If anybody uh, thinks they might even have a little interest, I really recommend seeing it. Any other questions? Mark Hacker, Assistant Director. I can provide a map visual if you guys want to take a quick look to see what we've been talking about. Are we seeing the map? So the area we're talking about is this piece of property here. This is A Street. This is the Penny's Concrete Plant. This is the wastewater treatment plant. There's a container maintenance here for the trash dumpsters. So the yard of foundations are right in this area. These are the railroad tracks. This is railroad property here. The interesting thing that I I didn't realize just looking at maps, this property is actually probably 15 foot below the track level. So it's kind of a, down in a, a depressed area. And then, you know, there's, there's quite a few pieces of property here that, that you have to look at to get the full picture. But the thing we talked about is this is the a segment of the Lawrence Loop running along Delaware. It's going on up into Hobbs Park. There's a plan to go here to get over to the Santa Fe Depot, which is here. So if we talked about trying to go in this area, maybe do a historical marker that talks about the property without taking people to the property is what we had kind of talked about as a potential uh, point of interest, I guess. Let's see if I can zoom in a little bit. So this, this trail will be, the Lawrence Loop will stop right here at the end of this year. And then there's plans to move it on up to Santa Fe Depot through this little piece of property. Santa Fe Depot, new parking lots going in right here right now. Garden for the depot. Okay. If, if nobody has any, sorry, Marilyn Hall board member, if nobody has any other questions, I think we need to decide how we get back to the folks that took us on the tour. Um, is that something that the advisory board should do? Is that something staff should do? If we want to make a recommendation that the city find a way to recognize 
um, this history, like who do we recommend to? I, I just want to figure out the logistics of communications and stuff to make sure we don't drop any balls. And Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, trying to think who had the last communication with them. I know I had quite a few with the group early on. I'm not sure how much Mark had with uh, the leader of the Yarda um, committee that has been discussing this. <clears throat> so Marilyn, did your subcommittee talk with them quite a bit in the coordination? Yeah, we, uh, our contact was Norm Murphy, who is a member of the St. John's Fiesta Committee. Um, she was our sort of go-between, and we arranged the, the date for the site visit through her. And I indicated to her that somebody would be getting back with them. Um, I have to I say that I think they had high hopes. Um, that somehow the site will be recovered. So I think this is going to be a little bit of a sensitive conversation to tell them, yes, we're interested in the history. No, we're not interested in the site. Um, so how do we, how do we communicate that? And Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Uh, our staff can reach out to them and let them know that and then uh, talk to him about the options for the history, plaque, uh, things like that. And then we can encourage them to reach out to the subcommittee if they would like to discuss it further from some of your observations. And I think that actually helps when they just don't look at it as the, the city is just telling us no. It's, I think, having more eyes on the property to, to say, it's a cool idea. It's just when you look around, there's... Um, obstructions that the making this work in a community asset for everyone, it's, it's difficult. Mark, do you have any input or any other thoughts? Uh, Mark Ecker, Assistant Director. No, I think that's probably the right approach. I, I think approach it a little bit slowly, not getting hopes up. So we could talk to them about what we saw and what we see as, as potential issues and potential things we can do. You know, I, I think even the group realized this, the site conditions that were there and potentially the challenges for making it into something without a huge amount of money. So I, I feel like they seem pretty realistic, but sometimes those change too. <laughs> I, I'd be happy to reach out to them. Thank you, Bart. Or thank you, Mark. This is Bart Little John, uh, Parks and Rec Chair. Uh, Hi, Daddy. Um, and uh, as well, uh, I would also just probably say as well to have a plan to uh, for that further communication after letting them know about you know the viability of the site. Just as uh, Marilyn and Jackie and Val said, just to make sure that we're keeping them in the loop and that they're able to provide that feedback because, uh, you know, that, that the site is integral to, you know, that their history, you know, they're, they're the residents of La Yarda, so they, they have a really, really vested interest in it. So uh, just to make sure you, you keep that as well, just like the timeline, you know, how that communication can go and, you know, when to follow up. 
Mrs. Marilyn Hall, Mar Mark, if you want to, I can send Norm Murphy's contact info if you don't have it. If you want to reach out to her and you can tell her that if she wants more, I'm, I'm happy to exchange emails with her, talk with her on the phone or, or talk with her group or whatever. Um, but I think if you get the ball rolling, that'd be great. Mark Hecker, System Director. Yeah, I can certainly do that. I can copy the our little subcommittee on the emails back and forth too, just so you can see what where we're going and what we're talking about. Okay, uh, does uh, Bart Littlejohn, uh, Chair of Parks and Rec, do we have any further questions regarding Yarda? Uh, not seeing any. Thank you guys, uh, both Parks and Rec staff and also the subcommittee for all your work on it. Really appreciate it. Uh, all right, I think that's the next one, the donation policy, right? Rick Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. I do have a question in the staff. It, it still shows up as a tracking item for uh, Parks and Rec with the City Commission agenda items. Um, some of the feedback that we heard was, should it be a city policy and not a Parks and Rec policy? And to encompass it as a city policy is going to take a lot of additional work and staff from multiple departments. So I'm trying to get a follow up with that. And then is it or should it be an administrative policy that is approved by the, the city manager or should it really be a um, city commission policy? So still follow up items on that one. Yeah, the reality is even without a donation policy, people donate stuff to the city all the time. Um, we get land requests, we get land donated, which we got the property over by Green Meadows, I think it was the 27 lots. Um, but they, at some point as part of our accreditation, we're gonna need to get a policy in place. The naming policy, um, I believe legal has reviewed it um, with as much interaction as it has between the advisory board and the city commission. It needs to go on a future city commission agenda item because um, they're as big of a player as the advisory board on naming parks. Um, so the, uh, you know, one of the parks that we really need to get named is where the arts flowing by the police station. Uh, Staff has not have a name for it. The uh, park formerly known as Eisenhower Park based on roads and locations and things that normally name parks, whether it be a water tower or a train or what have you. But it, I think that would be a lot of fun when we get that ball rolling. Diversity and inclusion subcommittee update. Um, our staff liaison added is Gail Singerson. I'm not sure, I know Roger had been working with the group, but I wasn't sure who was on that group. I remember Bert, you were on it. I'm trying to, and Jackie, uh, no, Pat, yeah, and Amber. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that I had that right. Um, I think everybody knows Gail and she will be an outstanding uh, resource for the group. And that, oh, the one other thing about the minutes, I tried to get in and it locked me out. I, I don't know what's up with the password. I'll have to talk with Roger when he gets back. I think in, it's been many 
it's been a few years since I've had to do this, but at a previous board meeting where we couldn't get the minutes, we rolled those minutes over to the next meeting, which would be a December, which um, at this point, if there's questions, great. Otherwise, I think we probably need to talk about some of the format and what will be going on at uh, the next December meeting. I'll leave that to you, Barton. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, I guess this can be my board item of interest. Uh, just uh, my one passing gift to you all. Um, what what what's going to happen in December when you know I'm you know not here? Uh, so I guess there will there will have to be discussions about uh, you know an upcoming election and uh, you know for the new you know new chair, which there would be anyway with the turn of the year, but probably and a new new vice chair. So um, I think. Derek, I won't be here, so he'll probably be running that show, right? Uh, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. I believe, tell me if I'm wrong, but doesn't your commission start time? Is it December or January? I'm, I'm trying to remember if they got moved from a previous meeting. I, I, think, I think it's the first Tuesday of December. Of so, December. Yeah, so, so it's December 7th. So the protocol would be that Jackie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> would I be able to make it? What would I? What what is 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 this not my? Wait, no, it's the second. It's the second Monday, so it would be the week after. Yeah. So Jackie uh, Becker will be running the December meeting, and right. we'll work with her behind the scenes to get everything organized. Jackie, it's my gift. <laughs> happy holidays to me i guess i will uh i can only hope i can step in and be as uh wonderful as calm as enthusiastic and caring as you have been these last two years oh thank you jackie i know i paid you to say that but i really do appreciate it um okay uh, and, uh, uh, and another item of interest is, uh, another passing gift is I remember what Amber said about not everybody getting a tour and I want to make sure that that's on the schedule for the next year, because I really appreciated, you know, sitting in a truck with Mark and having him wax nostalgic about many things. So, so. We owe Brendan and Amber tours still. Is that correct? Anybody else? Just oh, this is just Val or no, I was going to say. Um, so I guess we'll need at least one new member. So how, how do we get new board members? And of course, whoever that is will want a tour. Yeah, and I'll, I'll work that with Roger and maybe we roll the, the tours over until the next year in January. So we're also going to be turning uh, two new city commissioners yeah. in the next year. So we're going to have lots of tours. <laughs> so, Bart, that's a whole different tour at the city commission level. You'll see. <laughs> well, I'm glad I took the one I did with you. Now you don't. You know, I'm like I get the uh, I got I got the real tour, not the uh, you know, not the not the virtual one. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Amber, if you want to, if you have a time you'd like to do a tour, 
call me and I will get it arranged if you want to do it before the end of the year and we will uh, make sure you get that. We are looking at uh, doing a uh, just a holiday get together for meal of city employees at, at lunch. Uh, it'll be sometime in December. We just haven't got it planned out. Um, we didn't do anything last year with the COVID and uh, we can keep everything going down and keep our numbers down. We're looking forward to actually uh, seeing people again and uh, sharing a meal. Okay. Um, and as well, uh, Bart Little, John Chair, Parks and Rec, I didn't want to monopolize. Does anybody else have any uh, items of interest? I know we kind of skipped around here a bit, but I just want to make sure. All right, I'm not seeing Hold it. Hold on a sec, Amber, board, okay. board member. Uh, I am curious because Jackie sent me the information on that fountain that you gave us some trivia about <laughs> last time. And then now I see it's not there. So I was curious about that. And then did anybody see that somebody dressed up as it for Halloween? <laughs> Look, that's awesome. Jackie wins the bet. She said somebody would mention that. Yeah. That yeah, the, the history of the water department put the fountain in, I believe, in 1910, and uh, there probably wasn't any art really to it. It was more of, we need to be able to water horses. Um, the contractor tried to duplicate that, and it ended up looking like something from Medusa. Um, we took the head off that when the water drained, and then I saw Jackie did share the picture. I, I don't have it up. I don't know without... The permission of the individuals if, you, if I could share their photos, but he has that as a headpiece. And then the other person is of the purple lights, the West Star traffic light or street lights. Um, that was a great winning combination of uh, Halloween costumes. All right, this is Val Renault, board member. Are you talking about the fountain in South Park? No. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Here. I missed that. We're putting the fountain, uh, getting the fountain up and going again in Santa Fe Depot. So uh, off the 7th. And uh, yeah, excited to see something there. We did have water running and that hadn't happened in many, many years. Um, so continuous improvement, we'll get it right. It'll be a cool thing. Uh, we've already drained out all of our fountains for the year. Uh, so it'll be a spring project. Jackie Becker, uh, Val, I can send you some pictures. I definitely took some glamour shots of myself by the fountain because I very much loved it. And I did not see it looking quite Medusa as everyone else did. But uh, I look forward to seeing what it will become in the future. Um, this is Marilyn Ho, board member. Um, Derek, can we get a report in, say, the next meeting or two on the aquatics uh, lifeguard labor shortage, uh, because from what I've heard, that has been ongoing, um, even though you're only staffing um, one pool for, for part of the day. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that the recruiting effort gets started really early um, to reduce the chances that um, 
but you're going to be in the same situation as we were in last year being April and, and not being sure if you can, you know, open the outdoor pool. So I would appreciate being kept abreast of that um, through these meetings. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. I can update you right now. I've been working with the uh, HR representative of Parks and Recreation. And we've been discussing um, critical hard to fill positions, which lifeguards is one of them. Doing recruiting bonuses. How do we get people in there? How do we get in the state? How do we get them training? Starting the process early. Uh, we talked about other social media platforms on how we do that. Um, I think we're at the point where the um, putting more resources financially, other than necessarily just what we pay them per hour, into bonuses and other uh, different models of recruiting. Uh, is going to pay dividends. But yes, that, that's ongoing right now. And it's, it's not just us. It's as a city as a whole. We're having uh, positions around the city that are hard to fill. Uh, for us, obviously, it, it's the part-time positions that are killing us. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm definitely in, in the conversations with our Parks and Rec HR person on trying to resolve that issue and trying to provide uh, some higher service levels over at the uh, Indoor Aquatic Center. And not only there, at Sports Pavilion, Lawrence too. All right. Are there any other parts and rec, or Bart Little John Parks and Rec uh, chair, uh, is there any other items of interest that anyone might have out there? Okay, not seeing any. All right. Uh, since, uh, as Derek said, we'll go ahead and table our uh, minutes discussion to the next meeting, move that forward. Um, I guess the last item is our next meeting will be Monday, December 13th at 5.30, and you will not have this face there. So, but I will be here in spirit, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I will be watching, you know. So, uh, but uh, uh, I just want to go ahead and thank you guys again for all your help. Uh, you know, this is not a one-person thing. This is a group thing, and I just was fortunate you guys chose me to be a part of the team, and I want to thank Parks and Rec staff they are amazing. Uh, they may, they're extremely easy to work with. And um, we are very lucky in this city to have them. And uh, I appreciate all their support as well. So, um, but that being said, also, oh, also my son Curtis says hello. And uh, I don't know if you'll have the pleasure of his pop-ins. Um, with that, I will entertain <laughs> a motion to adjourn if anyone has one. What? What did I hear somebody say? Oh, Pat Phillips, board member, had made a motion to adjourn his meeting. Oh, Pat, for the motion to adjourn. Okay, <laughs> there's a second out there. Uh, oh, this, all second. This is Bella, by the way, as well. So she says hello. Um, all right, Pat Phillips with the motion, Andrew with the second. Uh, I'm sensing there is no discussion. All those in favor, please just raise your hand or say aye. Any opposed? Do the opposite. All right. Thank you, folks.
I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Bart. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, all.